Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and today we are talking about relationships. And I am not a relationship expert. If you know me, you know this. I am an introvert. And for me, that means, though it doesn't mean this for all introverts, it means that relationships can be really challenging for me. I love my time by myself. (laughs) And, you know, but I, but I know relationships are extremely important, and it's something that comes up a lot, a lot in with my work with clients, a lot in the Primal Potential Facebook group. And it makes sense because they're a huge part of life, whether you're an introvert or not, and they can have a massive impact on the way we feel, and the way we feel can have a massive impact on the choices we make. What I want to do is I want to share a handful of questions that I use to help me in relationships. And this can be relationships with colleagues. It can be relationships with romantic partners, with kids, with family members, with strangers. And this came up because uh, in the Primal Potential Facebook group, which is a free group, it's an amazing community if you're not already a part of it, somebody posted about having a hard time with their own mind stemming from relationships with other people. If you saw the post, it was basically an individual who has uh, a mother-in-law in and out of the hospital and a husband in and out of the hospital and kids that are handfuls. And part of the post was like, my it said something like, my husband doesn't seem to care about his health. And this person acknowledged that 90% of the solution is likely in their own perspective, right? But was feeling like they've, as a result of both perspective and circumstance combination, they've lost their patience, they've lost their compassion, and even happiness, which is a crappy way to feel. And they were looking for another perspective, They were looking for suggestions on new perspectives. And I'll be the first one to say that oftentimes therapy is an important strategy here. If you feel like you're taking on so much and it's impacting your own happiness, don't discard that as an option. And I'm not a therapist, so I'm not, you know, giving advice as a therapist. But what I want to do is share questions that I use in relationships, for relationships. And our relationship with ourself is one of our most important relationships. So these questions don't have to apply to others. They can also apply to self. The first, and I shared this one in the Facebook group, is what perspective would I need to have in order to feel, insert however you want to feel, So this person said, you know, I've lost my compassion. What perspective would I need to have in order to feel compassion? 
in Tools for the Trenches, I write about how a lot of times how we feel is a result of the filter through which we're seeing things. And a silly example is if I come downstairs in the morning and my husband hasn't washed the baby's bottles, I can see that through a perspective of irritation, right? I I choose to be irritated and that makes me think about it and feel about it a certain way. But I can also see it through a perspective of gratitude. Gratitude that he did the feedings at four in the morning and I didn't have to. And then I feel very differently about the bottles in the sink. So what perspective would I need to have to feel in this person's scenario compassion? Because the notion, one of the things she said in her post, and then we'll move on from her particular post, but it's kind of what prompted this, is my husband doesn't seem to care about his health. That is a perspective. And that perspective in part drives how you feel about it. Frustrated, aggravated, you know, loss of compassion. But that's just a perspective. What about other perspectives? Chris has been struggling with some some migraines, which is kind of a new thing. And I'm sure that it's probably related to stress and lack of sleep and all of those things. And there was a there was a day where I really needed an extra set of hands and he was upstairs laying down because he had a headache. And when I saw it through the perspective of me and my needs and the kids and the kids' needs, I was very much like, are you kidding me? When I have a headache, I'm down here. You know, I don't I don't stop feeding babies because I have a headache, right? But that's one perspective. There are other perspectives that I can choose that have me seeing it and feeling about it very differently. Such as, I would really want someone to be loving and understanding if I felt unwell to the point that I had to step away and lay down. Like I would want to feel cared for and I would want to feel supported and I would want to feel loved. And so from the perspective of how I would wanna be treated in that situation, I see it very differently. From the perspective of concern, like what if there's something else going on? I feel about it and I think about it very differently. So what perspective would I need to have in order to feel compassion? A lot of times we don't entertain how somebody else sees things. or We don't even ask how somebody else sees things. We can assume Or we inject our perspective, but asking for somebody else's perspective can be a powerful way to do this if you're like, I don't know what perspective I would need. And then the other part of it is try things on. In Tools for the Trenches, I write about how it's like when you go to the eye doctor, and I always hate these kind of exams, but you know when they like flip one lens in front of you and they say, is it more clear like this? And then they flip it and they say, is it more clear like this? Like this, like this, A or B? Is it like number one or number two? Try on perspectives that way. If you're thinking, well, I don't know what perspective I would need to have to feel grateful. I don't know what perspective I would need to have to feel more calm or more at peace or more happy. Try them on. When I think about it like this, do I feel happier? When I think about it like this, do I feel less stressed or more stressed? Be willing to experiment with your own thoughts. 
I use it as a mom all the time. Just the other day, I'm trying to feed one of the twins. I'm bouncing the other one with my foot in her little chair. And Roman is doing his new favorite annoying thing, which is climbing up on the table, which isn't safe for him. And he's already figured out how to move a bench from another place so that he has access to the table. And it happened so many times and I'm having to like stop feeding the baby, get up, move him, take, you know, pick him up, put him down. And I was annoyed. And in that moment, I asked myself, how would I have to think about this in order to feel anything other than annoyed, to feel neutral, to feel grateful? You know, if you had asked me a year ago how I would feel about having two babies to feed and Roman, I, I would have been overjoyed. So what perspective do I need to have in order to feel something other than annoyed? And I use that constantly as a mom. I use it in my work. If I feel overwhelmed, what perspective would I need to have in order to feel more in control, in order to feel um, less anxiety or more at peace? I use that question all the time in relationship with myself and in relationship with others. A kind of cousin question to that one is, is there a better version of this story I can tell? So when I think back to the person who said, you know, my husband doesn't seem to care about his health. Is there a better version of this story I can tell? Or when I see the bottles in the sink and initially I think like, really, you, you didn't have time to wash the bottles. Is there a better version of that story I can tell? Most definitely. And that's true in everything. Uh, you had a friend and you had plans and they had to cancel and you're thinking about how annoying that is and how they didn't prioritize it or they're unreliable. Is there a better version of that story you can tell? In relationship with yourself, like I screwed up, I dropped the ball. Is there a better version of that story I can tell? There always is. You might not always choose it. You might not always think of it. You might not always ask yourself for the opportunity to consider it. But there is always a better version of the story that you can tell. What other perspectives could I or should I consider in this situation? That could be the perspectives of another person, or it could be more positive perspectives, more generous perspectives, more grateful perspectives, more well-rounded perspectives, perspectives that are less angry, perspectives that are less self-centered, perspectives that are less judgmental. What other perspectives should I consider in this situation? Maybe somebody did something that you think is unkind. What other perspectives should I consider in this situation? What else is possible? What else is likely? What is more kind? What has fewer assumptions? I do this in my own life, in relationship with myself, very regularly. Especially if it is leading to an emotion that's a negative emotion, uh, anger, something that I want to feel less of, something that's unpleasant. Anger, jealousy, disappointment. What other perspectives should I consider here? And a big one is, what is the response I want to practice? 
This is a great one for anybody who's in a romantic relationship. What is the response I want to practice? I know for me, I want my home to be a loving home. I want my home to be a patient home. I want it to be a lighthearted home, not getting irritated over dumb stuff. It doesn't matter, like bottles in the sink. So what's the response I want to practice? Sometimes it means no response at all. It just means that I don't have to say anything. I don't have to comment on it. I don't have to make a, a, a remark. And other times it could be, I want to practice the response that's more loving. I want to practice the response that's more encouraging. I use this with kids very regularly. With Roman, not only what is the response I want to I practice, but what is the response I want to model? He loves to take the dog's water and dump it on the floor. <laughs> And it's like the water's not hurting the floor. It just gives me and him one more thing to, to clean up. But what is the response I want to practice in those moments? And what is the response I want to model in those moments? Like, hey, this is a great opportunity to show that, you know, when we put water on the floor, it gets wet and we have to stop what we're doing and clean it up. I want it to just be not emotional, not like, oh, good job. You picked up the dog's bowl. And also not like, don't do that. Just no response, like water's on the floor, big deal. I've spilled water before, not a big deal. What is the response I want to practice? This next question is literally one of my, I would say top five favorite questions. What needs to change so that I look forward to doing what needs to be done? If you are taking care of somebody else, whether it's wiping another butt or driving somebody to an appointment or a practice, what needs to change so I look forward to doing what needs to be done? I certainly have moments where I do not care to change the 77th dirty diaper of the day. At the same time, I can quickly identify what needs to change in my attitude so that I look forward to the time with my kids where I get to care for them fully. They need me for everything. And sometimes it's not a perspective that needs to change. Sometimes you need to resist distractions so that you can look forward to doing what needs to be done because you're not giving away the time that you need for that to scrolling on social media or watching TV. Maybe what needs to change so you look forward to doing what needs to be done is declutter decluttering or simplifying or getting more sleep or having food prepared that is the food that you want to fuel your body with? I just, I use this question constantly. What needs to change so that I look forward to doing what needs to be done? This is an amazing question for relationship with others, but it's also a great question for relationship with yourself. If I'm feeling like I'm not looking forward to doing a work task, and it doesn't mean I'm, I'm looking to love and enjoy everything piece of my business. But this question just opens me up to either things that are blocking good energy or things that I could put in place to make my work more enjoyable or more pleasant. What needs to change so that I look forward to doing what needs to be done? A lot of times it's organization or tidying or decluttering it makes a huge difference. Nobody wants to go cook in a kitchen where, you know, the sink is full of dishes. 
at least I haven't met anybody, but if your kitchen is clean and organized and decluttered and the ingredients that you need are readily available, it's not nearly as unpleasant, might even be pleasant. Another question that is amazing for relationships with other people, what is the difference between what actually happened and how I feel about what happened or how I'm interpreting what happened. The bottles in a sink is a perfect example here, right? If if I come down and I'm irritated and I immediately create a story that like he had time to do these other things but didn't have time to wash the bottles. The bottles could have been there for two minutes for all I know. It's not like I don't know. I invent that. So what actually happened is somebody other than me put bottles in the sink, Right? There's often a difference between that and how I interpret what happened. I'm the only one who washes the bottles, which isn't true, right? Or how I feel about what happened, annoyed, uh, taken for granted. There's a big difference between what actually happens and how we feel about what happens or how we interpret what happens and separating those things is huge. Maybe you call somebody and they don't call you back. That is what actually happened. And there often is a difference between that and how you feel about it or how you interpret it. They don't care. They didn't want to talk to me. All of that is in your head. It's in your imagination. You invented it. And that's a really great way to mess up some relationships and mess up your own mind. What's the difference between what actually happened and how I feel about what happened or how I'm interpreting what happened? Ready for a very convicting one? In what ways am I guilty of the thing I am criticizing? In what ways am I guilty of the thing I am criticizing? You know how I told you that somebody posted in the Facebook group and and said something like, you know, my husband doesn't seem to care about his health. Okay. In what ways... Are you guilty of that thing you're criticizing? Do you demonstrate that you care for your health in every decision that you make? Or can you have some compassion? Because there are certainly a lot of ways in which you could appear to not value yours based on the decisions that you make. Or the bottles in the sink. Hello, there have been many days where they go in the sink. I put them there. And then I'm doing other things. I had to work. I had to make lunch. Like, I, I do it too. I do it too. Or the time you forgot to text somebody back or the time you didn't call somebody back, whether because you forgot or because you just didn't want to. Then we can have some compassion. Then we're far less likely to be judgmental or to be irritated or to make the worst of a scenario. In what ways am I guilty of the thing I am criticizing? The next question, how can I seek to be more understanding? I think I'm going to ask myself this one a few times a day, right? Whether it's with my husband or with my kids or with clients, people that you work with. How can we seek to be more understanding? There's always a way. And sometimes we're just resisting it because we want to be mad, because we want to be wronged. And if we are wronged, then, you know, we are somehow in the right and the other person is in the Like, no, 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 no. There doesn't have to be an offense. How can we be more understanding? I personally believe that 
the world needs more people who are understanding and compassionate. In what ways can I be more understanding? How can I seek to be more understanding? What would it look like? Are there behaviors that I could do to demonstrate understanding? Is there a thought process that I need to bring forward to be understanding? A few more here. This one's simple but powerful. What is good? So often people are saying like, oh, the weather's crappy. It's freezing. You know, my kids have so much going on. I'm tired. What is good? Tell me what's good. Tell yourself what's good. Tell other people what is good. It's interesting because I think sometimes people resist saying what's good because it's so common to complain to complain about politics, to complain about taxes, to complain about your neighbors, to complain about your in-laws, to complain about your kids, to complain about your spouse, to complain about your body. And sometimes we convince ourselves that saying what's good would make others uncomfortable. I don't know. How about we get uncomfortable with people complaining and we get really comfortable with people sharing what is good? What is good? Ask your partner, ask your kids, ask yourself what is good? Am I willing to step back from what I think I know about this? My husband and I work on this a lot because sometimes I'll say something and he'll interpret it like not giving me the benefit of the doubt. And I'll say, you're you're trying to make me wrong. Like you've decided in your head that I was I was irritated when I asked this and I wasn't. You you decided in your head that um, I wanted a certain answer or I think you did something wrong. Are you willing to step back from what you think you know about my intent? Are you willing to step back from what you think you know about how I feel? Are you willing to step back from what you think you know about somebody else's intent, somebody else's motive, somebody else's intentions? Are you willing to step back from what you think you know? Because a lot of times what screws us up is that we think we know what's going on, but we're just making assumptions. Am I willing to step back from what I think I know about this? A great question to go along with that one is, what is a more generous approach? What is a more generous approach? How can you be more generous in the way you think about other people? Sometimes we just assume the worst of people. I've talked about this before, but I love the book, The Four Agreements. And one of the four agreements is make no assumptions. Make no assumptions. However, I find that very hard. So I've sort of amended it to where... If I make an assumption, which I sometimes do, I will give people the benefit of the doubt. So if I get an email that I interpret as aggressive or hostile or unkind, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that that's just the way I'm reading it and that's not actually the way they intended it. If you're going to make an assumption, give somebody the benefit of the doubt. That is a more generous approach. Can you think the best of somebody instead of the worst of somebody? Just yesterday, I had Roman in the car. We were at an intersection and I was turning left at the intersection. The light was green, but I kind of had to like wait for people coming across, right? And the person behind me beeped because they wanted to go straight across and they were waiting behind me turning left. 
And my first thought was like, you dick, you want me to go out into the intersection with my kid in the car so that you can get to where you're going faster? Like, screw. And this question popped into my head, like, what's a more generous approach? A more generous approach is maybe they don't see my blinker. Hey, maybe my blinker's out and they think I don't know the light is green. Or maybe they're racing to get someplace important. Who knows? But I can be more generous in how I approach it. And if I'm going to make an assumption, let me give somebody the benefit of the doubt. Powerful, powerful, powerful. Last question. What is most important and am I acting that way? This is a great one for the romantic relationships. What is most important and am I acting that way? If we're getting annoyed over dumb stuff, if we're engaging in arguments over things that in the scheme of life are not most important, come on, just step back. What is most important and am I acting that way? Let me go back through these questions. What perspective would I need to have in order to feel however you want to feel? Is there a better version of this story I can tell? What other perspectives should I consider in this situation? What is the response I want to practice? What needs to change so that I look forward to doing what needs to be done? What's the difference between what actually happened and how I feel about what happened or how I'm interpreting what happened? In what ways am I guilty of the thing I am criticizing? How can I seek to be more understanding? What is good? Am I willing to step back from what I think I know about this? What is a more generous approach? And lastly, what is most important and am I acting that way? I'd love to hear which of these questions you connect with the most, you like the most, and also a few other questions that help you in relationships with others or your relationship with yourself. Let me know. I'd love to hear them. Make it a great day.